welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Hell has been described in gruesome, grisly, and garish detail by philosophers, poets, and painters. However, they are not the only ones who have had a vision of the underworld. Hell is an open book to all who choose to turn its pages. A coloring book that you may fill in yourself. And so many people have designed their own private hell, filled with their very own private devils and demons. And many people have discovered that you don't have to die in order to live there. Although it helps. Our mystery drama, The Other Life, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Mercedes McCambridge. It is sponsored in part by Sinoff, the Sinus Medicines, and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. I want that sinus medicine. Headache tablet? No, the sinus medicine that relieves headache and congestion, internal sinus pressure, and post-nasal drip. You mean Sinoff? Exactly. Compare Sinoff tablets with anything you've ever taken for sinus. No sinus tablet you can buy relieves more symptoms. Sinoff gives you a full dose of pure aspirin plus a powerful sinus drainer. Sinoff works fast to help sinus pain while you drain. S-I-N-E-O-S-F. Sinoff, the sinus medicines in the bright red box. Take when needed, only as directed. What's for dinner? Let your nearby ShopRite help you decide with super savings. For burgers, meatloaf, or meatballs, there's fresh ground chuck, just 89 cents a pound. For family treat, there's center-cut rib roast, just $1.49 a pound. In ShopRite's appetizer department, you'll find store-sliced cooked corned beef, one quarter pound, 59 cents. And check the dairy cases for Philadelphia cream cheese, eight-ounce package, just 39 cents. Your nearby ShopRite has all the answers for savings and quality for any meal. She loves the family She wants the best She does all that she can do She lets shop right to the rest Hey, my, what's for dinner? Shop right has the answer Which high-potency vitamin do physicians and pharmacists recommend most? Theragran and Theragran-M with minerals by Squibb. The name Squib on the label means that you have no doubt about the honor or integrity of the maker. And right now you can take advantage of a great special offer. Buy 100 Theragran or Theragran M tablets at the regular price and get 30 extra tablets at no extra cost. 30 extra when you buy 100. That's a month's supply for one person, but the offer's limited. Get your Theragran by Squib now. It's the brand physicians and pharmacists recommend most for mixed vitamin deficiencies. Available at Ward's Pharmacy, 132 Main Street, Bloomingdale, New Jersey. Waters Pharmacy, 499 Jackson Avenue, Jersey City, New Jersey. Plains Pharmacy, 558 New York, Pompton Turnpike, Pompton Plains, New Jersey. And don't forget to tune in to this weekend's Jets football game, sponsored in part by your local squib, Theragram Pharmacist. out for the quiet people, for the ones who are modest in manner, unassuming and self-effacing, and who leave no more trail than a fish in the water. Such a one is our heroine, Della McKellar, or Mrs. Frederick T. McKellar, as she is known legally. At this moment, she's at the airport cab stand. What's so, lady? 
1221 Torrance. 1221 Torrance. We are off. And where do you think I'm coming from? I see by your posted license your name is Bernard Weissman. Number 32272642. Bernard, huh? I can also see by the tilt of your head that you're giving me the once-over in your rear-view mirror. Well, Bernard, I'll wager I know exactly how you are sizing me up. This is a married broad age. I can't give her much less than 35. Looks, come see, come sign. What we got here is a respectable, quiet, mousy, middle-class dame. And I can tell you've written me off because you're not eyeing me in the mirror anymore. Oh, how little we know, Bernard. How little we know. I am in your cab because of a chain of events. A chain that led me into your cab and will lead me beyond it. It began one evening. Let's call it that evening. Yes, Ella. Oh, darling, I'm in a pressure cooker again. Hi. What is it this time? A report. I have to do a report, a complete report. Tonight? If I don't take time out for sleep, I'll just manage to have it ready for the Senate Finance Committee by morning. Oh, but Fred... I'm going right into the den. I have to start immediately. But dinner... Oh, be a sweetheart. Bring something on a tray. A sandwich. Anything. I don't care. I'll just need plenty of black coffee. Fred, stop. Stop. Don't take another step. Darling, what's wrong? I want you to look. At what? Look at me. Look at you? Yes. What do you see? Well, uh... Oh, Fred, sit down. But I, I told you, I... I, I know, have... I know. You have a report. I also have a report, Fred. Which is, if you don't sit down this minute, I'm going to take the next plane to Reno, Nevada, or Mexico City, and get a divorce. Well, I can't. We discuss... What? What did you say? Fred, surely it must be apparent, even to you that all the closeness has gone out of our marriage. I've never felt as close to you as I do now. And you've never been so far away. And so I thought... Oh, darling, I know we haven't seen much of each other lately, but I've taken a new job. I thought I would try to put the romance back into our relationship. And it's a very demanding oh, job. Oh, shut up, Della. Listen to me. I was desperate, so I thought I'd do what the marriage counselors suggest, what the soap operas, the lovelorn columnists advise, which was to create a romantic atmosphere. And look, just look around you. Oh, I... Uh... I'm wearing what certainly should be considered a seductive gown. Look at the candles on the table, the brilliant crystal, the gleaming china, the sparkling silver, the red roses, the soft lights, the sweet music. And let me tell you about dinner. Darling, I... I no, listen, we're having bourguignon. And then I, you... I, I'm sorry. You bust in here like some traveling salesman barging into a motel. Give me a room and a cheese sandwich. But darling, I must tell you what happened. Senator Loomis, the one who hates to spend 15 cents on education, he's in town with an investigating committee. I met him and we started talking. Darling, I know I can make him see Fred, the light. please, please, Fred, let's have some champagne. Oh, no, I need a clear head for figures. He said have your facts in black and white by morning. 
Do you realize what an opportunity this is? But I prepared the... Oh, Della, dear Estella, I, I know, I know how disappointed you are, but you're sensible. You are, darling. That's why I married you. Now, I must get into the den with these figures. Keep the coffee coming. Bernard, you know who Fred is? Fred is the new state commissioner of education. Everybody says he's going places. I agree. Lately, he's been going a great many places without me. Well, he went into his study, and I did a few chores around the house, read a bit in Boswell's Life of Johnson, worked on a watercolor. Oh, I have a great many talents, Bernard. And in the midst of all this self-expression, enter my close neighbor and casual friend, Edith. Is it okay to use the phone, Dell? Oh, sure. Oh, thanks. I hate to bother you, but old Gus decided to stay home today, and I have this extremely important phone call. Hey, Mike, Edie Harlow. Oh, you're sweet. Look, a 10 on Handy Andy in the first at Ormont. Do I still have time? Oh, just. Okay, on the nose. And Mike, uh, call me back at this number. It's my neighbor. She's okay. Yeah, it's at 206. Three, six, three, six. Yeah, sure thing. <sighs> In a couple of minutes, they're off. Edith, will you have a cup of coffee? I'd rather have a drink. Oh, don't bother. I see the bottle and the glasses. Uh, pour you one? I don't drink. Oh, that's right, you don't. Handy Andy, I presume, is a horse. Oh, Handy Andy is a five-year-old bay gelding, and he cannot lose. Oh, come on, be smart. Bet on him yourself. Oh, 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 I never bet on anything in my life. Well, you're overdue. Put a tenor on him. No, no, I was brought up to believe it's wicked to bet on horses. <laughs> well, yeah, it is wicked, but look, if you don't do something wicked now and then... Uh... Come on, take the plunge. I'll call Mike and put down a bet for you. Oh, hey, if that's Mike, my watch is slow. I was lucky to get down myself. Well, then it's too late for me. You mean you would have put down a bet? <sighs> look, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you half of mine. Five bucks. What do you say? Once I talk to Mike and find out, it'll be too late. Oh, come on, Del. What's five bucks? Live a little. Well, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go downtown and collect. Oh, I don't want to go rushing downtown just to collect five dollars. Five dollars? He went off at 20 to one. He brought home 200 for 10. You're entitled to half. You win a hundred. Is where we meet Mike. Edith, are you sure that we're getting $100 a piece? Oh. You're a very insecure person, Del, and I can't understand why. Come on, relax. Hi, Edie. Oh, hi, Mike. I had a good one today. Yes, you did. Uh, I'd like to introduce a friend. Della McKellar. Della McKellar. <laughs> it sings. Yeah. It's music. And Della had half the bet. I'm glad you won, Della McKellar. All right. <laughs> Even though it's money out of your pocket? Oh, not quite. You see, there were 15 horses in the race. Not all of the people bet handy Andy. <laughs> well, I hope to see you again, Della McKellar. Oh, no, no, no. I made one bet and I won. I'll quit while I'm ahead. Famous last words, eh, Bernard? And I had every intention of quitting. But that night, Fred was late for dinner, and then he was very late. And finally, the phone rang. Honey, we have to leave for the state capitol right away. 
at this hour? I've got the senator eating out of my hand. He wants me to testify at the committee hearings first thing in the morning. But I thought we'd have that champagne tonight. Stella, just, just let me get through this crisis. After which, there'll be another one. Well, Della, you ready to break the bank at Monte Carlo? <laughs> no, thank you. I've had my mad fling. And besides, I'm due to teach my classes at the settlement house. Oh, well, I like Jackie's boy in the fifth. How can he lose? I got a hunch on this nag. Okay, I'll go along. For how much? Well, I'm ahead a hundred. Why not all of it? Um, well, it's, it's best to do these things slowly. Why? If he's right... He's as right for a hundred as he is for a dollar. It shouldn't be the size of the bet. It's the strength of the conviction. <laughs> Honey, you are a horse player. Call Mike. I didn't realize it at the time, Bernard, but I was hooked. Well, after my classes, I was having a sandwich and looking at the paper, the racing page, naturally. And I was beginning to have second thoughts about Jackie's boy. So I called Edith to get her to change the bet. But there was no answer. I didn't know Mike's phone number, but I did remember the corner where we met him. Hello, Della McKellar. Hello, Mike. Uh, I, I have to talk to you. I'll buy you lunch. Uh, no, no, this is business. Well, we can't talk business on the street. You realize we're standing in front of Los Sordas, the best restaurant in town? How do I go about changing my bet, Mike? All you do is tell me. Well, uh, see what it says in the paper? Jackie's boy likes a fast track. But if you look at the weather map for upstate, where Ormont Park is, it rained there all night. So that track must be mud by now. Now here is sweet reward. He loves mud. He finished in the money his last three times out. So I like him. Well, you got him. Did anybody ever tell you how lovely you look when you get all excited and breathless like that? Well, I wanted to uh, straighten out that bet, Mike. Well, it's a good thing. He goes off in three minutes. No, no, no. Don't leave. Why not? Tell me all about yourself. Why are you unhappy? Oh, who, who, who said I was unhappy? Well, you have to be unhappy to gamble. Why do you say that? Because real excitement and adventure are missing from your life. You have to buy it at the table or the track. Is that why you gamble, Mike? Mm. I don't gamble. To me, gambling's a commodity. I sell it to those who need it. Why do you need it? Who says I need it? Have dinner with me tonight and I'll explain it. Oh, listen, I'm a married woman. But are you a happily married woman? Oh, really, I have to go. Well, shouldn't we find out about sweet reward? Uh, Johnny, plug in a phone, please. Thank you. Bella, if not tonight, why then, uh, how about, uh, tomorrow? Oh, no, please. The day after? Hello? The 5th at Ormont Park? Uh-huh. Thanks. Your sweet reward came in at 3 to 1. <sighs> hundred yesterday, three hundred today. <laughs> if I had your luck, I'd play the horses myself. Here's your money. Oh, thank you. Now, about dinner tonight. No, Mike, really, there's no point in your asking. Well, there's no point in your refusing. Della, I'm still upstate. The 
yes, Fred, I suppose it is, but, uh... Listen, you just stay as long as is necessary. You're not angry. No, no, darling. I understand it's your career. And, uh, we're both required to make sacrifices. Oh, that's my Della. That's my rational, mature, and reasonable, darling. I'll be home tomorrow night. What are you doing now? I'm just, uh, reading. What? Something new? <laughs> the racing form. Did it get good reviews? Mixed. Mike Perry. Oh, Mike. Della McKellar. You change your mind. We will have dinner after all. Uh, listen, Mike. Her name is Lady Marion in the first of Joyland. Uh, $400 to win. Mm. Aren't you living a little dangerously? Sure. And I love every minute of it. So would you if you won every time you bet, which is what our Mrs. Della McKellar is doing. However, as the popular tune tells us, into each life some rain must fall. And when it does, where will Della run for shelter? Well, you just keep warm and dry where you are, and I shall return with a few tips on some winners when I bring you Act Two. should be obvious if a man has an attractive wife and he neglects her. She will, sooner or later, find something and someone to occupy her time and energy, which is what Della McKellar seems to have done. Not only is she having a fantastic run of luck with the horses, she also seems to be scoring with the bookmaker. Well, Bernard, the night before... I had put all my winnings, $400, on a filly named Lady Marion. And the following afternoon, I was leaving the settlement house. And at the curb was parked a brand new, long, black sports car. And at the wheel, the very good-looking, the smartly dressed Mike. He could very well become a problem. But I wasn't sure I really cared. Hop in. Oh, really, I shouldn't. I have news for you. You just won $2,000. $2,000? You put 400 on Lady Marion at 5 to 1. Oh, my thanks. The proper way to thank me is to have dinner. Oh, no, I, I told you I'm a married woman. Well, I'm a married man, so it cancels out. <laughs> well? I, really, I have to go home, Mike. Ah, you're a slave to convention. <laughs> Aren't we all? Oh, no. And that's one of the things I'm going to teach you one day. Aphrodite, Edith. Why is she five to one? Well, she's a filly. Why is she running with 106 pounds? Why is she the lightest in the race? Why? She's won her last two starts. Uh, she's being dropped in class. I like her for ten bucks. What's your bet? Twenty-four. $24, that's an odd amount. $2,400, Edith. No. Oh, no, Della, you can't. Della, you're crazy. I won't let y'all stop you. Oh, please, Edith, don't take on. You were right about me. I am a gambler. I'm not like you, 
venturing five or ten dollars for a thrill. No, sir, this to me is a living. It's a way I never lived before. I can't explain it. Oh, Della, I wish I'd never introduced you to this. Well, Bernard, that was 10 o'clock in the morning. And somehow I made the time pass in the settlement house, and I passed by quickly because a woman reporter came round to interview me. See, I was human interest, the wife of the dynamic new commissioner of education. Everybody knew that he was going places. Well, how does it feel to be the wife of such an exciting man, Mrs. McKellar? Uh, well, it, it's so marvelous. They say he has a career in politics if he chooses, and... You are certainly a great asset. You're never in repose. Like your husband, you seem to be on the go all the time. Where do you get all your nervous energy? Could I tell her that I bet on the ponies, Bernard? Could I tell her that even now I was waiting for the fourth race at Joyland, where I had $2,400 riding on a horse named Aphrodite? And that I would have $12,000 if she won. Is it any wonder that my eyes were shining, that my cheeks were glowing? Well, finally, the lady reporter had enough of me. And then I was told that I had a phone call. Honey, change in plans. Plans? Yeah, we discussed it last night on the phone. Oh? Senator Loomis and I and some party leaders will be in on the 6 o'clock plane. We're having a victory dinner at a place called, um... Oh, well, you never heard of it. It's on Lower Broadway, Las Ordas. Las Ordas. Can you meet us there? I'll have terrific news. Well, Bernard, I kept eyeing the clock like a condemned prisoner in a cell. And finally, the hands read three o'clock. And I knew that the race had been run and that I either had $12,000 or I had nothing. And I looked out the window. The sports car was there. I ran downstairs. He held open the door for me. And I got in. And I knew. I knew my Aphrodite had not risen from the phone. She came very close, Della. Going into the stretch, she slipped, lost stride. But she wouldn't quit. At the finish, she was coming on. If it were a mile and a quarter, she'd have won it. Mike, would you uh, drop me off a block from the house? I owe you $2,400. I want to pay it. Well, you don't have to do it this minute. First, let me buy a drink. I don't drink. Why did you do it, Della? You can't keep letting it ride. You have to save some for a rainy day, you know. It's been raining for a long time, Mike. Well, come out of the wet then, Della. Away from the cold and the damp, hmm? I know a place where it's always bright and sunny. Is this the cheer-up service you extend to all your lady customers? Oh, it's a brand-new service. I never tried it before. Do you know you were the absolute hit of the evening? Was I, Fred? You bet you were. And, Dell, they want me to run for office. Darling, are you listening? Don't you have an office now? I mean elective office. You mean politics? I'm in politics now. That's what this is all about. I could do more for education if I were in the legislature. And from there... Oh, Adele, you know what ties the ribbon around the package? You. You're my biggest asset. You're attractive. And the work you've done with the kids, 
Who'd ever have thought it would pay off? I work with other people's children because we have none of our own. Senator Loomis says there's nothing like kids for a candidate. We should give serious thought to adopting one. For votes? You never wanted to adopt a child. Well, Della, we both want one. And we'll have to work very hard. I think that's where he lost me, Bernard, on that word, work. I'd been working for him ever since we were married. I worked while he studied for his master's, his Ph.D., and while he held research jobs that paid practically nothing. And now he was asking me to work for the rest of my life to make him president of the United States one day. Well, I don't want to work for a man anymore. All I really want to do is play the horses. Mike, 50 on Forest Ranger in the third. I'm sorry, Dell. He's out of the money. Okay. Uh, 100 on Jolly Tar in the sixth. 25 on Jersey Jerry. 50 on House Guest. I'm sorry, Della. But uh, how does it happen you're out of money? Well, Fred, we do a lot of entertaining. You know, there's food and liquor. Why, oh, no, but it seems to me that... Oh, please, don't lecture me on how to run a household. It's the way prices are today. It's just that we seem to be broke all the time, and I'm trying to find out where the money is going. Well, all your guests and your political friends compliment you on our hospitality. Oh, I have to admit, you're doing a terrific job. Well, see, that's where the money's going. It just seems to me it's an awful lot of money. Oh, uh, I'll get that. Hello? Hello. Bad news, I'm afraid. Country gentleman finished dead last. Anyone else you'd like? Oh, uh, no. Another time. Who was that? Wrong number. Oh? Didn't sound like a wrong number. I said it was wrong number. I just drop it. Oh. Uh, I invited some ladies for tea this Saturday. Uh, one of them is a nut on antique silver. You know the tray Aunt Zoe got us for a wedding gift? The tray? Yeah, the, the solid silver tray. Use it to serve. Oh, we never use that. I mean, it's ugly. I described it to Mrs. Wheatley. She's dying to see it. Do I have to tell you what I did with that tray, Bernard? I used it to raise $500 to bet on a horse named Foolish Pride. Well, it was a foolish bet. But now I had to get it out of Hawk. I needed $500 quickly. How could I raise it? I'd already squeezed every possible dollar out of my household money. But then I saw my salvation. His name was Silver Knight. How could he lose, given these circumstances? Mike. Mike, what are the odds on Silver Knight in the fifth? Oh, uh, he's the favorite. Just about even money. Okay. Uh, 500 to win. Hello, Dallin. Sit down. Hmm? I'm sorry about Silver Knight. Mike, I, uh... I came down here to tell you, uh... To, to tell you that I... I that you don't have $500, huh? How did you know? Well, it had to come to this one day. 
Well, if you're so sympathetic, why did you take my bet? Oh, you'd only go to some other guy. And to him, you'd just be another customer. Oh? What am I to you? If only you were dumb, you'd give in to your instincts and enjoy life. Which instincts? The urge to be free. Listen, Mike. Could we talk business? Sure. Your credit is good. And it's unlimited. I don't want credit. I just want time to pay you back. Sure. But meanwhile, if you see something good in tomorrow's race, why, uh, your credit is good. No, 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 no. I can't ever go through that again. Never again. I've learned my lesson. Mrs. McKellar, aren't you going to show us that antique silver tray your husband told us about? I'd love to have a picture of it for the paper. The tray? Hmm. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, would you ladies excuse me for a moment? Darling, what's the problem? Fred, the tray. I can't find the tray. But don't you always keep it here in this closet? No, look, look for yourself. It's gone. But how could it be gone? Well, it must have been stolen. Stolen? Oh, Fred. Fred, I love that tray. It's been stolen, Fred, stolen. Oh, dearest, you must be calm. How can I be calm? That was the most cherished thing I had. But who could have... That Mrs. Soames, Fred. Mrs. Soames? Yes, that cleaning lady we had a few years ago. It must have been Mrs. Soames. I remember how she used to look at that tray. She stole it. But that's hardly proof. Oh, Fred, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, please, dear, please don't take on like that. It's, it's, it's not the end of the world. They say your dyed-in-the-wool compulsive gambler must eventually break all of the commandments. Now, uh, where are we with Della so far? Stealing, lying, false witness? How about adultery? She's been flirting with that ever since Act One. We'll see how far she goes when I return in just a few moments with Act Three. Dante talks about an inferno. Dante never met any horse players. They have a special inferno of their very own. It's a place of illusion. A strange land of delirious hopes that rest on quicksand where winners and losers alike are haunted, driven creatures. Well, Bernard, I held out for a week. And then I proved I was a horse player to the very marrow of my bones. Because I came up with a system. And it was Fred, of all people, who inspired me. Do you realize you were the most intelligent person in the room? Not only did you know what Einstein's formula E equals MC squared means, you could actually explain it intelligently. It all has to do with timing. Timing. That's right. It's timing. Why didn't I see that before? It's timing. All other systems have to do with past performance. But the fact is, the longer an animal has to wait... An animal? The more nervous it becomes. Therefore... Therefore what? Honestly, Della, sometimes it's so hard to follow you. I notice you only met the first and second races, Della. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's my new system. You see, the longer a horse waits to run, the more nervous it becomes, huh? The more energy is drained away. It sounds crazy, but I have to admit it works. Yes, Bernard, it worked. All systems work for a while. And then nothing worked. And I'll tell you something about horse players. It's just as important to lose as it is to win. The ecstatic joy of winning is made possible only because there's that chilling fear of losing. It's all basic philosophy, Bernard. The balancing of life by opposites. Oh, but there were dreams. Terrible dreams. What is it, more coffee? Dear, sometimes it seems that you're in another world. Who? I think you're exhausted, and it's my fault. I've been working you so hard, but everyone agrees you are a terrific lady. Oh, uh, darling, could you go to the bank for me and cash a check? What? I won't have a chance, and it's $100. Uh, expense money for my trip tomorrow. I, uh, I'd rather not. What, Della, what is it? Is something wrong? Oh, no, I... You, you really have to do this for me, darling. I'll need the cash. I tried, Bernard. I really and truly tried. But the horse's name was Centurion, which means leader of a hundred. How could he lose? I rang Edith's bell. We haven't been seeing much of each other lately. Edith, do you know another bookie? Uh... I see. You're on the cuff with Mike and in so deep. I only asked you if you knew another bookie. Oh, get out of it, Della. He's sweet on you. He'll wait. He'll wait forever. Don't ruin it for yourself and Fred. Edith, do you know another bookie? I wouldn't be doing you a favor, Della. You weren't doing me a favor the first time, either. Uh, a cigar store across town on Hawkins near 12th Road. Ask for Chuck. I came here as quickly as I could. What is it, Mike? Is this a way to treat a pal? Why, what do you mean? A friend of mine, you can call him a colleague, says he booked a cash bet for you. Well, I was so afraid to run up more credit, Mike. I told you, your credit's unlimited. Uh, how much do I owe you? You know it to the penny. Well, I don't. $9,200. But I had three winners last week. Well, that's subtracted from the total. I know, I know. And I'll pay it back. You'll never pay me back. Yes, I will. How? You and Fred are living above your income now. Mike, I'm quitting. I'm quitting, and, and, and I'll pay you back. You never have to pay me back, Del. I don't want money from you. Well, what do you want? You? 
I don't care if you're a gambler. I can afford you. Be my extravagance, hmm? And once you're with me, baby, you'll see. You won't have to gamble anymore. Mike, please, I... I have to go. You wanted this to happen, Della. You wanted an impossible debt to be built up. You wanted me to save you. Okay, try it. Come away with me for a weekend. No. You're a gambler. You never dreamed of how it is in Vegas. Horses, cards, the wheel. It goes day and night. It never stops. You never have to stop. I can't. All right, we'll do it this way. Two rooms. One for me, one for you. You decide whether you keep your door open or locked. You decide. I decided, Bernard, which is why I'm here in your cab. I had to find out about the gambling, about Fred, about Mike, about me. Fred was easy. I told him I was going to visit Aunt Zoe on the coast. Thought it was a great idea. The flight was uneventful. A special limo was waiting to take me to the hotel. I was greeted with ceremony by the captain, ushered with deference by a bellman to my room where there were flowers and a bottle of champagne and a basket of fruit, and uh, a note from Mike. Somehow there was no thrill to it. I don't know what was the matter. Was I nervous? Was I guilty about deceiving Fred? And then I saw Mike. Well, look at those chips. Look at the big winner. What's the matter, Mike? Nothing. Why do you ask? I don't know. Back home you seemed so carefree, so happy-go-lucky, but out here you're actually serious. You're like everybody else around here. Sit down. I'll buy a drink. I don't drink. Well, let's sit down anyway. We'll have dinner early. Why? I have a meeting. You have a what? I belong to an association. We're having a convention here over the weekend. And we have an important session scheduled for 6 o'clock. It may run till midnight. Now, honestly, honey, there's so much action here, you'll never even miss me. Mike, I have a husband who treats me this way. Why do you think I'm here now? Well, it's just this particular night. You don't sound like the Micah back home. I didn't know that you were tied down. Well, actually, I'm not. You said you were free to come and go as you please, that you didn't have to answer to anybody. Bella, this is just a single tiny exception. Listen, on vacation, I like a formal dinner at 8. Sure, tomorrow night. And I've had a long trip, so I think I'll go up and take a nap. And I'll be dressed and ready for you to pick me up at 8. But I told you, I have a meeting. And if you're not there, I'll go to the airport and I'll fly to California, where I have a wealthy aunt. And I'll tell her the truth and you'll get your money. Della, listen. And if you're not there at 8, Mike, I'll be gone. And we'll never know if we could have had anything together. <laughs> Yes, Stella, Mike. Eight o'clock, exactly. I thought you had a meeting. 
I did. Did you care to talk about it? Well, it seems this is to be a weekend of decision for us both. I guess I have to make a decision, too. Mike, you look very handsome. I feel handsome. Yes? Uh, may we come in? You are in. Introduce us, Michael. Uh, <clears throat> Mrs. McKellar, may I present Mr. Carl Leon and uh, uh, his associate, uh, Jean. How do you do, Mrs. McKellar? Michael, Joe tells me you cannot make the meeting. Uh, yes, Carl, that's right. I, I, I can't. I see. But I need you there, Michael. Do you mind, Michael, if Mrs. McKellar and I talk in private for a few moments? Uh, excuse me, please, Della. Ah, you're a very attractive young lady. But then Michael always did have good taste, which is why he married my daughter, Julia. You knew he was married? Yes. I took him into my firm and placed him in charge of a, a certain operation. Now I must ask you to leave him. Uh, do you ask me or do you tell me? Ask. You see, if he stays with you, he will no longer have his position in my company. I think you don't really know Mike and what we have done for each other. Just as he's giving me my freedom, I am bringing him his. He is not going to give up his position. Well, shouldn't that be his decision? Of course. And he has already decided. Let us see which of us he has chosen. Open the door, Jean. <laughs> you see? No one is outside. And no one around anywhere in the corridor. Michael has gone back to work, as you can see. I see. Goodbye, Mrs. McKellar. Oh, hello. Della? Fred, how did you know? I guess I know everything. I found the pawn ticket. Oh. And all kinds of racing papers. Oh. And I spoke to Edith. She thought it best to tell me everything. Oh. There's a scrap of paper in the wastebasket with your plane and hotel reservation. I guess you really wanted me to find it. Oh. Is that all you can say? Oh? Well, what do you want me to say? I want you to say you're coming right home. Oh, Fred, don't. Don't forgive me so quickly. I feel terrible. I feel worse. Do you think you could ever forgive me? Here we are, lady. 1221 Torrance. Oh, so soon. It don't take more than 10 minutes on the freeway. It seemed like a lifetime. Well, uh, here you are, Bernard, and keep the change. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed our chat. What chat? Sometimes, right of this world. Yes, they certainly are. And so are so many of us. Out of this world. Della McKellar, prim, proper, perfect wife for a rising young politician. What's going to happen? 
Did Della and Fred learn their lesson? Or will they slide back into the old relationship? Do people really learn? Some do, some don't. I shall return shortly. The Other Life If the Lord granted the cat nine lives, does it stand to reason that he allows us only one? Stop to ask yourself, how many lives are you leading? Our cast included Mercedes McCambridge, Ralph Bell, Bryna Rayburn, and Elliot Reed. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated. Theater was brought to you in part by ShopRite Supermarkets, where you get a lot more for a little less. The preceding program was presented by CBS Radio.